for joining us today. You are listening to the Trial Lawyer Podcast. I am Gabriel White, and I'm a personal injury lawyer at Christensen and Jensen PC. In this episode, I am joined by Danny Sepernich and Scott Powers. Both Danny and Scott practice at the law firm of Snow Christensen and Martineau here in frozen Salt Lake City. In this episode, we discuss the rising trend of lawyers who are breaking away from traditional workday and traditional firm arrangements by working remotely and refusing to be tied down to more traditional office space. We researched a wide variety of such arrangements from lawyers who work remotely uh, from their firms in order to spend more time with their kids to, on the other end of the spectrum, the rise of the virtual law firm. These are firms where a uh, hundred or more attorneys may be in a firm where they all do their practice remotely. There's no real central office for the firm. Uh, they may have some storage units or you know one central office that has conference rooms, but other than that, the vast majority of the attorneys are working remotely. It's an interesting concept. has a lot of interesting issues. So these are the issues we discuss in our podcast today. And, you know, everything you can imagine in between. And it, as I'm sure will not surprise you if you listen to this podcast before or if you know any of us, um, I'm not sure we reached a definitive conclusion on any of these issues. Uh, we all seem to have kind of our own opinion on everything. But, uh, you know, keep in mind the journey is really the thing. Uh, so we hope you'll enjoy. Um. I think this is definitely a trend. I mean, most of the articles I saw started in about 2011. Um, the ABA has taken some interesting positions on it that have changed over time. Um, Powers, what, what, what were your thoughts? Well, I've got a number of talking points with regard to virtual law practice, working from home, those types of things. Um, We'd like we like to hear. We can like start hear, on any number of one of them. We'd like to hear your talking points. My talking point, talking points. You're doing something uh, that a presidential candidate right now can't do. You realize that, right? Sticking to talking points. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, terrible, terrible talking points. Okay. Um, well, and there are a number of issues that are raised uh, by working from home. Um, I, I guess the, the principal issue, uh, I won't say principal, the first issue that we can talk about is productivity. Can you be as productive working from home? I think a lot of people I saw, I mean, a lot of the research I've done says, I mean, some people can and some people can't. I mean... What I, what I think is interesting, I, I've done a lot of research as well, and if you look at the comments to these blog posts and these articles... The comments are dominant, or the comments are dominated by these people who are clearly solo practitioners, who are working from home, and of course they're justifying their position as the solo practitioner working from home. And of course they're going to say, "Oh, I'm more productive from home. Oh, the flexibility is great. Oh, my clients don't care." And we'll get into some of those issues later. But in my personal experience, you know, I've worked from home a number of times and I, I struggle to bill the same number of hours despite needing to do the same amount of stuff when I'm home. I just, simply put, there's too much distraction, at least for me, to be as productive at it. So, so you're saying you're, you got concerns that people can be productive from home. Well, I'm not solving anything. Again, it's just a talking point. But the question is, productivity-wise, in my personal experience, I'm not as productive. And I think that a lot of the comments you get from people online are coming from people who want to justify their existence and therefore are going to say, because they have to, oh, I'm, I'm just as productive. It's great for me. But, do, but they don't, how do they have to justify their existence? The market justifies their existence. Like they're either, yes and no, they're but either making a living they're, or they're justifying not. the way they're doing it and they don't really have a different option. Whereas I work at a you know, large law firm and I go into work. Mm. And so I can, I can compare what I do at home versus what I do there. Well, keep in mind, and I'm just going to throw this out there, like none of us really have the experience of working at a large law firm on a national scale. And the largest law firms right now have more than 4,000 attorneys. So all of the law firms oh. in Salt Lake on a nationwide scale, every single one would be considered a small law firm. Okay, well, I have seen 
it from both sides, and in my personal experience, I'm not as productive at home. And because I bill the hours that I actually work, I find that I bill less hours for my time in my home office versus the time at the downtown office. And the reason for that, in my estimation, is because I'm more easily distracted at home. I can go take care of something if something comes up. I can go walk the dog if he's you know, pawing at the door incessantly. Whereas if he's at home alone, no one walks him and he's just fine. So one thing that I thought was interesting is most of the studies that I found on productivity working remotely were not done in the legal context. They were done mm. just generally and all seemed to indicate that productivity is much higher when people work remotely. So there are mm. studies by Best Buy, British Telecom, Dow Chemical, and others that show that productivity is 35 to 40% higher for people working at home. But then when you look at the articles discussing lawyer productivity specifically, they're raising all the same concerns that Scott's raising. So there's almost a completely different view about whether most people are more productive at home and whether lawyers are more productive at home specifically. One thing I would comment on that, uh, I, I would point out that if you're talking about a person billing hourly, I think you don't get to skate at the office. Rather, your productivity at the office is going to translate directly um, into your hours. And if, you, if you're a person who tends to go to the office and you know check Facebook and talk to your colleagues around the water cooler, hit the break room, and then take a long lunch, if, you, if you're billing honestly, you're not going to get as many hours. Whereas if you focus on what you're doing at the office and bill in tenths of an hour and constantly keep track of what you're doing, I think you're going to get more done. Well, and let me let me just say that you're a bit behind the curve on some of this because from what I could see, there are law firms that are have as many law as many lawyers as yours does that are entirely virtual. I that's not I didn't make a point at all about that. Well, My I'm saying is, is I feel is, like I'm personally less productive. No, I, and and I could see it's probably some one of those things. It's not for everybody, but I. I think there's a significant group of the bar. I mean, there's even now there's ABA groups for different kinds of virtual lawyers, people who are solely conduct their, their interactions with their clients online, take payments online, oh, have the, client meetings online. I read a whole article from the ABA journal from, it's called Virtually Practicing from June 2009. This is when it was posted. So this is seven years ago. And here's, here's a, a law firm in its entirety that has 40 attorneys that are all working remotely. It's a virtual law firm. So it's been around for a while and they all claim that they've got, you know, they get their work done and they feel sufficiently productive. And, and maybe it's a function of the way I work. Um, I, I feel like I suffer probably a 10 to 15% decrease in hours on, on an open day where I don't have a deposition, where I don't have a hearing. If I'm at work, answering emails and responding to phone calls or if I'm at home doing the same thing, I feel like I just bill less generally. And see, I, I have experienced the opposite. I mean, when I'm in my office, it, the barrier to entry for people to come into my office to chat about fantasy football, to, um, you know, say hi or to, or, or to ask questions that you know, are work-related but may not be as, as critical is way lower than when I'm at home. And I'll occasionally work from home and I'll say, look, you know, I'm anybody who needs me, I can, I can be reached on my cell phone. And I have my house set up. I mean, you know, we haven't been in the house very long, but we got it in the size that we did it specifically because we wanted me to be able to have an office in the basement. It could be closed off from everything else and you know, could really be isolated from a lot of those distractions. So the things that distract me, I, mean, I don't have a, a dog, but, you know, every once in a while the kids will come knock on the door. And, you know, to be honest with you, I'm much more willing to give up a point one or a point two to give the kids a hug than I am, you know. It's uh, a dark water cooler. Right, exactly. No, I absolutely. No, I agree with you. And maybe it's just because when I'm at work, I don't know, I, I just kind of get into work mode and, but but what you're saying appears to jibe with what a lot of people in the comments are saying is that oh, yeah we feel we can be just as productive and maybe it's a it's a function of me trying to build ten hours every day 
versus you know eight hours at home. Well, feeling like it's not as much. Well, and I think I think the setup though matters too. Like I mean, a lot of these lawyers that are are that are. I mean, we have the image of people who are um, billing like from a Starbucks and or something, which I've done that. I mean, I've been on trips internationally where I had a layover and wound up stuck for seven hours in the airport in Lima and just went and sat in the Starbucks and got a bunch of work done. But Okay, so let's let's switch topics. And I think productivity, it's up in the air, but it, it seems like a lot of people don't see that as a much of a barrier to working from home. Um, I, and, and granted, you know, if I were to pay less attention to the kids and the dog, uh, maybe that wouldn't be an issue. But I think we need to move into the other subject that you're raising, perception. Right. What is the perception from clients and what concessions, if any, need to be given for that? And you just mentioned, you know, you've done, you know, you've done work from a variety of places. I have too. Um, but the main one is like the, this office that I've set up in my home mm -hmm. that is you know, set up specifically for that purpose. But I think even to look at the perceptual differences, you have to, you have to break out a couple of different things. I mean, there's working from home when you're in a law firm where the vast majority of everybody is in the office and you're working at home either out of preference or because of some specific reason, or, and there are groups of people who work out of their homes primarily because that's their business model. Mm -hmm. And I think perceptions are important in both groups, but I think it's radically different. I mean, I think where, you know, one of the air, one of the areas that's been so difficult, you know, law, a lot of law firms are trying to increase diversity have come up with like flex time programs or, you know, work remotely sort of things, but it's really tough to get senior attorneys to like really accept. I mean, I had an attorney tell me the other day you know, he didn't know we were, you know, getting ready to to sit down and talk about this. But he told me, he's like, I think law, I think a lawyer should be in the office during business hours, just because they're business hours, and that's where they should be. And I said, well, you know, to this attorney, like, well, but what is it that you? I mean, I understand you may prefer to be in the office for whatever reason, but what is the thing that makes it so you need to be there? I mean, it's not your documents because they're they're all scanned. And they're available in the cloud. It's not meeting with clients, at least most of the time. Every once in a while, a client will want to come in, but a lot of the clients are from out of state anyway. You know, it's if you have a deposition or something, you may have to be physically present, but almost everything other than depositions, the occasional in person client meeting, and actual court hearings, you could be on the moon and be well, able to pull them off. Y yes and no. Um, I think with with a lot of my insurance and, and you know out of state clients, they're not as concerned with where I am. Do they even know? They do. They oftentimes can tell just by, based on the way the phone sounds. For example, if I'm on my cell phone because it's forwarded from my work, it's not as clear as my high definition, you know, vo voice over IP phone. But if you work. wanted to fix that, you could. I, I could. I could. But at the end of the day, I, I do know that a couple of my clients, and this includes. Oh, one or two of the you know, out-of-state big surety clients that I deal with like and, in fact, use our firm because we are an established downtown litigation firm uh, that, that touts itself as such. And I think that um, when some of my construction contractor clients, for example, when they find out I'm working from home, they, I can tell there's a little bit of dis disapproval when when they hear that and, and I know it may not be something you've experienced but the bottom line in all of this is I think that some clients uh, and, and I've got some comments that I'll read about that in a moment but some clients expect when they're hiring a, a given firm that they're hiring this you know bunch of guys in suits in a big building downtown to do my work and I think that set of clients is a different animal than say a small subcontractor who's more concerned about the hourly rate than he or she is about the perception and the way this firm feels to them and what they expect to but be I, purchasing. I think that creates a business opportunity because I think that while there are clients that care about that, like if it could affect the bottom line of the... I mean, I've been to seminars for clients that hire out worldwide council transportation companies that their litigation budget you know, is in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And if, if you could present them with something and say, look, 
we can do the cases. Um, you can you can send those over to this firm that has this huge offices and all this marble on everything and you know fancy 300 square foot offices for all the attorneys and pay you know $500 an hour for an attorney. Or you can work with a virtual law firm. We have conference rooms, but the attorneys work remotely from wherever they may be, and they can meet with you whenever you want, either over the computer or over the phone or in person. But um, we're going to charge you $200 an hour, and you're getting people with the same background, the same experience, the same expertise. Like there are a lot of, especially the bigger clients that are much more sensitive to to public trends, especially public companies that are, have big responsibilities to shareholders to try and lower those big budget items, I think it creates a business opportunity. So one of one of the comments that I read that I think plays into this that I hadn't thought about before was this idea of um, it really being a litigation team and the ability to cover for one another and the expectation that clients sometimes have where they call the firm to talk to Scott, for instance, but Scott's in a deposition. So they can talk to the associate that's working with Scott by calling one number and being transferred to multiple people in the firm, in the same building that are all there together who are working on the same case and have the answers. And rather than have to call Scott on his cell phone and find out that he wasn't there and then call me on a different cell phone number, um, the convenience that it has for having people be able to cover for something like that, or if there's a client meeting and somebody needs to step out, you have somebody in office who can come in that's working on the case and cover with an ability that you don't have when people are spread all over the Salt Lake Valley. But, or, but doesn't that just mean that your tech's not set up right? Like, if you if if the problem is visibility of of the transfer, like like the fact that you might have to call the two different numbers. Doesn't that just mean that you just need to set it up so that when you do a transfer, it sounds... I mean, clients... I'm not saying you would ever hide this from a client if Just in asked. case anyone was uh, questioning, Gabe is obviously working from home quite a bit and is a big proponent of that. But, but no, I'm if you just could, saying... If you couldn't tell. I'm just saying there's very little <laughs> of the legal profession that actually... Well, I, I mean, I see it as, as a win-win because the clients get cheaper bills. Do they, they get the same Gabe, service. do you... Do you do you charge less when you work at home? It's a little different for most of my cases because they're all percentage oh, here based. We go. Are they? Yeah. Well, not all of them, but okay. and then the ones that aren't, I'm doing for someone else, and I'm not the one who sets the rates. Um, well, but, the, the the savings really comes in when there's a good majority of people who consistently work from home, so that you can save on things like. Yeah. rental or, or real estate the whole costs. firm is virtual. Right. And yeah. I think there you do have the drawback of a client's in town for a meeting with somebody else, something comes up, they want to walk into your office and have a meeting with you and discuss what they just mentioned to this other person at a meeting that you didn't know about and was maybe unplanned, but they're in Salt Lake for the day, they want to chat with you, and you live in Draper. You miss that opportunity to have that face-to-face -face contact. And I've had that opportunity... It's, and it's I, rather frequent. And I think, kind of and I, and I think that, I mean, again, I think it comes down to what the expectations are and what the client, like, if the client realized that, you know, they could save a massive amount of money by giving up the opportunity to drop in on their lawyers. First of all, anybody who thinks that they're dropping in on their lawyers to chit chat with them for a while, and they're not somehow being billed for that. Is... I don't. I don't think that there's an idea that they're not being billed for it, but so it's the convenience and the, the. This happens to us really often, actually, where people are in town, they're already there, they're there for a different meeting. The meeting sparks something that they want to talk about. Rather than having to wait until they get home, they get to come in. It fosters the the lawyer client relationship, I think, and helps promote. Um, business in the future and it makes I think it makes them feel I had a general contractor client ask me today to come by and drop some stuff but, off but you're not always in your office I'm not but you the, go the to fact that sometimes. I have an office makes that convenient. well and when you you're go, not you in your office Eric Hamblin's in his office Correct. and I mean, he's working on the case I'm, with you so I mean, and I've got my paralegal but team, like, and I've got my assistant 
But like, but like, there are occasions where people. Gabe, are it's okay. Office. You can work from home. That's fine. No, I'm not. I'm and not. If any of your clients, you know, they need. There maybe are a more, there are zero things that I need pa- powers this permission for. Present but downtown like, firm, you know, send me their, my send I mean, them my way. I'm yeah. happy to take care of. I mean, there just seems to be so many firms that have built this entire practice where they're completely online, and the articles that I saw about them seem they're universally much happier. Well, I, I don't think there's a question. Let's just leave it at this as far as perception goes. I think that there there are currently clients and people that expect and want to have a law firm with with you know with marble and people with the who are willing to, to overpay. Well, and that's just it. And I think that there's a there's a shift in perception, and little by little, I think you're going to get more people working remotely. That said, there are advantages to it. I mean, I'll, and I, and you may well need to to be flexible with your rates. I mean, a friend of mine. IP lawyer, IP, IP uh, patent prosecution and litigation, their local firm, probably five or six lawyers, is now going to be the Salt Lake office of some, I don't remember the name of it, but some massive thousand attorney um, that, law that, firm. Does that qualify as a large law firm? Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> nationally, you. it does. I, I, just, I need to run it by you okay. first because I understand just, you have that. Just check yourself. No. Um, <laughs> So, so when they when they organized and they became the local office, they didn't rent out. They basically ended their lease at the old place, and they got some virtual office space through one of the local companies that provides that. So they have somebody who will answer the phones and transfer it to the attorney they're looking for. They have conference rooms when they need them, and they all work remotely. And they're part of. You know, it's like I said, it's one of the largest well, IP firms and, in the country. And, and, you know, bless their hearts. Um, I, I'm sure it works great for them. Here's one thing, too, that I uh, that I would miss if I didn't have an actual office. Um, I, I, I had a number of conferences today uh, with the associate that I work with where we bounced ideas off and we made a number of calls to experts and others and being face-to-face in the room with the documents. And it was off the, it wasn't something scheduled. It was off the cuff. It was something that needed to be done. It was, uh, uh, you know, just an exigent circumstance, and and it was very efficient, much more efficient than me skyping in, trying to conference in the paralegal, find out where the documents are on the document management system, hope that there's not some glitch that slows down how fast I can download, you know, the thirty thousand page document. I mean, it was all at our fingertips, and it was fast, fast, fast. Me, and I and I, I don't know. I think you. Here's the bottom line in all of this. I think you lose something when you don't have that face-to-face, oh, in-person connection. Clearly, and I think mostly, I mean, the, 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 the research that I did showed that, you know, the one thing that really couldn't be replicated was, you know, there's camaraderie in a law firm, and, you know, some of the bigger virtual law firms had, you know, would either have an office space, you know, in one place where they had administrative staff, and they had, you know, three or four attorney offices that people could come in and work in, and then they would have lunches or events where people can interact. But, um, you know, once you get into the mode of, of of using the computer for everything, I mean, let me ask you this guy, are you the kind of guy, and I, and I think there's some people like it one way, some people like it the other way. That I don't think I'm a guy's a, guy. I don't think there's a, a, a connotation. <laughs> I can tell that. Um, uh. there, I don't think there's a problem one way or the other, but like when you get a document, a set of documents that you need to review, and you get them in, let's say by email or by Dropbox, do you review them on your computer or do you print them out to look them over? You know, it's funny you ask that. It it depends a lot of times. Um, I find that sometimes making a a list of talking points is actually more efficient on a paper document. But for example, today I reviewed three different expert reports in a construction case, and they were both. 100 pages plus. And I did it all online. And although I've got software that allows me to type the notes in, I, I don't feel like I capture it quite the same way as if I have that kind of handwritten, you know, review at my, you know, at my desk without looking at the, the screen. I don't know. And maybe it's, it's because I am, to a degree, you know, a product of, of the pre-computer era. I mean, certainly I grew up with computers, but they were nowhere near as, as capable as what we're dealing with today in our practice. Uh, my phone is, you know, three times faster than the you heard laptop it. I had. In you heard office. it here first. Power is no longer the wave of the future. He admits it. Oh, he is. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm old school. 
So I, I think Scott brought up a good point. Um, it's at least once a week that the people I work with and I are looking at a Google Earth document together in one office to figure out something about the property that we're dealing with or where exactly this canal or ditch is and where it's going. But you, and, you realize you're talking about printing out something that was already available no, on the no, computer. No, I'm saying that we are in... Point. Gabriel, stay on top. We are in one office together looking at Come one on. computer screen that has a single image right. so all three of us can be on the same page about the layout of this property and what exactly but, we're looking at. Let me, let me property had GPS coordinates, right? Let me preempt Gabe's comment here. He's about to tell us that there is software that allows you to do that. <laughs> so you, I, otherwise you go through, and I've tried to do this with other people who aren't in the office. So I'm looking at the northwest corner of the southwest quarter section of section 26. And, no, but um, I mean, you can click on Google Earth anywhere and it'll it'll give you GPS coordinates that somebody else can, can type in. And be in exactly the same And then spot. you say, look about three inches on your screen to the east of GPS coordinate, blah, blah, blah. Do you see or, this canal? Or there's, or there's also <laughs> software, there's that, software can, that can help that you That you can that. just share screens. Yeah, really go to meeting.com. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Something like that. Yeah, there are a bunch of I different mean, services. It's not impossible. In fact, you guys, you guys probably have a Citrix account, which will do the same thing. We, we have some software that will allow us to do it. But the yeah. bottom line is the convenience factor and, and the being able to do it off the cuff spur of the moment is very very effective and i think that that efficiency and that collaboration is something that you know clients look for and they pay for mm -hmm. and one of the comments that i, I read definitely they pay for it well one of the Gabe's comments billing I... <laughs> our billing rates are much lower than ours so if you need cheap and convenient I think one place you sacrifice is maybe creative thinking on a case that something that wouldn't warrant a phone call or an email to somebody out of the office, but you bump into them in the hallway and you chat briefly about a case or you walk next door into somebody's office and pop in and have a two minute conversation about something that maybe seemed insignificant and turns out to be a really good thought or it led to discovering this one case that's right on point that you wouldn't have felt the need to call somebody to talk about it on their cell phone or send them an email. But if we're, if we're talking about purely productivity, not just enjoyment, but productivity, I mean, okay, if you add up those amount of conversations that you have where they were serendipitous and happened because you were personally there and you ran into them, are they not at least canceled out by the number of conversations about nonsense stuff that, because you ran into somebody maybe you're much you more focused in the you office have to be than meaner. I am. but i'm just saying like you, you and i some of those conversations i really enjoy but like you um i mean if if we're just talking about productivity not satisfaction with job but productivity and i think people who are choosing the virtual system are doing it for some combination of both mm -hmm. like they like the freedom they like being able to stay home with their kids. They like to be able to work from wherever in the world. I mean, I've known attorneys that lived in Salt Lake City because family members worked in Salt Lake City, but they they were California lawyers and they did appeals from California. Mm -hmm. There are also some pretty high profile, um, at least, you know, when I did this research, they seemed to come up all over the place. People who had had firms and like had, uh, you know, as a, female lawyer her husband was in the military and they moved a lot and to connect entirely with clients in this particular jurisdiction from wherever she was in the world and was able to make a, a decent living to the point where she was turning cases away and hiring other people to do it so like it seems to be not only it's something that people prefer lawyers prefer in some circumstances um but it also seems like it it opens up a lot of opportunities. I mean, there are access to justice issues that are related to it because it can be done way cheaper. I mean, let's get into that. Yeah, savings. That was another one of my topping point talking points. You can save it. You could save a ton of money. And if you've ever looked at at the law firm balance sheet, the rent on one of those old fancy buildings is usually right up near the top in terms of expenses. Oh, it is significant. We're currently in lease negotiations right now. Right. So, you know, I mean, I, are there some trade-offs? Sure. I, I think 
to be honest with you, I when I hear you say stuff like client, there are clients who really appreciate having us there in the physical and really appreciate that it's the marble and everything. I think that's that's true, and I, I've seen clients that are really pleased by the you know fancy downtown address. But I think when it comes to the people who are actually responsible for making the business viable, like you may get an associate general counsel who's in charge of this particular matter inside the company that just loves that you're at this, you know, you guys got right. this big presence, but hold on, let me finish. But, um, I feel like you but, made this point already, Gabe, but keep going. But I'm sure when the CFO looks at it or when, you know, when the shareholders look at it, it's a different story. And I think it's something that even if they missed, it's really easy to get over. I don't know. I, I, I'm not so sure that's I mean, the like, case. it's basically you're paying extra for fanciness of someone else. Like, the, the business is hiring a law... Well, if the business is hiring a law firm because they have a nice address and a fancy building, they're paying for something, A, that someone else is using, and B, that doesn't improve their outcomes. Well, I don't think we were talking about fanciness of buildings, necessarily. You did um, mention marble. But I think the bigger point was convenience, connectivity... Um, presence, being able to have FaceTime when you're downtown or when you're Well, I think there's a perception. There. Again, this goes back to the perception. I think there's a perception that if you've got a bunch of lawyers who are down there at the physical location, the perception is they're focused on lawyer work. Whereas they're... they're but what if their perception's wrong? Well, it might be wrong, but my point is there is a perception out there, wrong or not, and it's changing, but it currently exists, that if you're at work, you're at work. And if you're at home... There's a little bit of a leisure component. But I mean, but is this, is this, is this the same? Methinks thou protest too much, is Mr. This, leisure. I actually don't work from home that often. I just, <laughs> I saw a lot of articles where they're like, you know, this is really good for lawyers because it allows them to combine their lives and their work. It's really good for, for, uh, for women lawyers because, you know, they don't have to make a lot of the difficult trade-offs or work some sort of crazy arrangement out because they can work from home and have the flexibility to if they want to build eight hours a day well and, and they can I'll, do it at night and, and Gabe now don't get me wrong I'm, I'm arguing you know both sides of an issue as sure usual. but I have actually started to work you know more often from home just for that same reason it, it, and that's one of the topic talking points we'll get into but just yeah. for the record I no I think I, it's a great I, thing and I think we're transitioning just toward think... it but we I think with this transition and this push toward working more from home I don't think you can forget or otherwise lose um, the the actual tangible benefit to having this collaborative group of attorneys who is so focused when they're in the offices on those office well, things and if you start to look at like um, and there's a perception again correct or not by clients among some clients I, I, I Some think you know, a lot school. of these, there are a number of people in the comment section even, and that, again, is, is, is who knows if that's statistically significant or if there's some sample bias to that. But the bottom line is a couple of them said, oh yeah, it's a, it is a very real thing that when I hear, you know, when I take somebody that I'm, I'm talking with and they're at home and I can hear a dog barking, I don't, I don't feel like they're paying as much attention to me as they otherwise might be if they're in the office. And here's another point I meant to bring up, but I didn't. I know some of the attorneys that I go up against in some of these cases, I know that they work from home. And the ones that I work that work from home, I feel like I've got a leg up on them. Mm-hmm. I just do. I feel like and I and I think I see it in their legal work as well. That... I think they're briefs now calm down. But I think I and maybe it's me knowing this, but I feel like their briefs are not quite as tight. As I see from you know the other downtown law firms that I know I'm up against in other cases, and I feel like I again I, I I'm not as afraid of them in mm. in one of these cases as I would be from someone from another large law firm uh, w- with similar capabilities as mine. Okay, but let me ask. And I'm not including let me your, a, your, let, your medium size. Let law me firm. let me ask you a question though. I mean. If we were to look at firms that are of the same size of some of those that you're, and you say, like, you're not as afraid of, I mean, look, we, we can even use names. I mean, uh, some of the best plaintiff's law firms in Salt Lake City have more have fewer than five people. 
people that would make you shake in your boots oh, if girl. you're defending one of these girl. cases. I mean, you know, you may not agree with everything no, I, I, that I, happens I, when like Ed, Ed, Ed Habit shows Gabe, up on a case. I'm not, you I'm, take him seriously, I'm right? I'm not working. I'm, I don't typically, unless it's construction related, I'm not typically dealing with a my back hurts case. Okay, I'm talking about these complex. Oftentimes, here's, multi-party, but not always. Here's the construction. part where Paris tells us that he's better than us because he does and, surety work. And and if you were to compare Gabriel and Scott, I think Scott's better than Gabriel. <laughs> I think that's where Empirically, I'm going with this. Okay. That was the okay. point of that. Okay, well, let's move on to a separate topic. We, we, okay. We've pontificated about this. What are the requirements for someone working from home? I mean, what are the absolute... If you're going to well, work from home, you're going to do it credibly, you're going to do an effective job, what are some of the requirements? Dan, I don't know about that, ahead. but I saw an interesting... Um, well, well, first of was... all, do you agree Scott is better than you? <laughs> I'm it not going to weigh in It depends on, on the measure that we're using. <laughs> <laughs> if it's pure height, the ogre Gabe has beat the Keebler Elf. No, but, uh, but uh, I mean... Okay, moving on. Okay, so my interesting... I saw a firm that has uh, enacted a policy that allows employees, lawyers mostly, to work from home two days a month. And I found that to be interesting. That's um, hilarious. Seems pointless. It does, <laughs> right? It, does. it seems like one of those the firms that like. Well, and I've and there are several of these that will be like, you know, they're they're making an attempt to retain uh, to retain female partners. So what they'll do is we'll say we got we got a flex time program, and they'll say, look, you do sixty or seventy percent of the hours, and we'll give you sixty or seventy percent of the pay, and you know if you're happy with that, and you'll be on the same track as everyone else. But then they give. But then the workload is something that you can't do well unless you put in a hundred percent of the hours or one hundred and ten percent. So what it basically just means is they got to look like they were doing something good, mm-hmm. and they got a whole bunch of extra legal work for free. Right. And so this policy it did have requirements. One was that you couldn't be. Re- needed in the office on the day the two days that you chose to work from home for anything it had to be okay with the specific practice area that you work in um it had to be cleared with them and so the the two days seemed a little bit silly but um that's a totally different idea from uh, requirements i thought you know what no, what, what equipment it, do you need yeah. but no that's it that's, a that's issue. What was, yeah and that's but I, mean, I like that issue i like how it fits in because it, you know you might think about if you're if you're allowing someone to work remotely and you're in a you know a big firm, like mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then you then you then, can I get a stipulation? Notice the record, <laughs> sir. Notice how notice how fixated he is on size. Yeah, you you have right. insulted my honor, he's, sir. He's so. I fixated. demand satisfaction. Like it's, like it's it's. I don't think you do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think the logistic part of it plays in also with how much savings do you have? Because if people are able to work from home or work remotely whenever they choose, do they still have an office at your building? And if they do, where do the savings really come in when you have someone that you're you're renting just as much space, but people are working from home? Well, or, and I think that's the implication. Like the implication is, is twofold. First, this comes up in the context of... of lawyers that just um, either solos or small firms where they just choose not to have an office. And then obviously the savings is is pretty clear. Um, and then I think, you know, if law firms wanted to implement something like this, and I haven't seen a firm that did it and I haven't seen an article, but you could very easily have a savings in a situation like that where you just said, hey, guess what? Um, you guys like the idea of working remotely um, so you now share one office and you guys are in charge of deciding who gets it what day, but, um, it is now, you know, we now have, instead of having, you know, 20 offices for associates, we have 10 and we're going to sublease out the rest of them. And, you know, half the time you're going to be working remotely and half the time you're going to be in the office and you schedule them through your secretary and, and get it done. You could do it that way. Um, but I think in terms of requirements, like there are, if you're going to actually conduct your practice remotely and if you're going to conduct your practice um, either, you know, just because you're going to work a couple days from home. I mean, I, I've known attorneys that have worked at downtown Salt Lake law firms. And the, here's the thing, okay, that's kind of funny about some of the comments that you guys made earlier. is like if I name these people, you would not know they work more than half the time from home. 
And the reason is, is because if you set it up, even with a, even remotely well, it's, it's completely transparent because lawyers are probably, at least litigators that I know, probably actually physically in the office doing their work about half the time. I mean, because sometimes you're out on depositions or you're in hearings, whatever. So it becomes really, really difficult unless you actually are like that lawyer's secretary to know where they are. I mean, I've gone on vacation before and just happened to only mention it to my secretary because it didn't come up, come up and had lawyers that I work with on cases calling me while I'm in Istanbul and I'm answering questions over the phone. In the middle of the night. Um, at about, it was about at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. And when we got back from seeing things and then when I got back, they'd be like, Hey, thanks for, you know, handling that for me. That was great. And I'm like, what have you been up to? Like, well, and I thought they knew, I mean, it just <laughs> never came up. And I was like, well, I was in Istanbul. He's like, wait, you mean I was, so how long was this phone call in Istanbul? Because I, I was not in as, ex- not as expensive as you might think. Yeah. If you put the international calling on your, on I your did, but it's leave, still 25 cents a minute. It, it was something less than that. It wasn't that long, and it wasn't that long a call. I mean, it was like, hey, I need, I, you know, I'm countering this issue. What do you think? And then I explained it, and that was it. But what I'm, my point is, is like, there are, there are a lot of, even in Salt Lake, there are more than you realize. They either live in Ogden or live in Lehigh. A lot that live out in Lehigh and Daybreak because of traffic concerns who are commuting at least two to three days a week. And... It's completely opaque to, it may even be completely opaque to their firms because if they don't say where they're going and they don't mark it down on the calendar, everybody who walks by the office and sees it empty assumes they're out at depositions or assumes they're out doing something else. The requirements issue comes into play, you know, in a couple of circumstances. First, you know, if you're conducting entire practice online, you've got to have the kind of security that you would have. You know, if you were in the office. And I think most of the big which, firms right now, or even medium-sized firms, are, are going to kind of a net docs or something similar where you've got encrypted cloud-based computing. Well, I mean, it, you know, it, this... Access from anywhere. I mean, the reality is that, that Dropbox, the business for end of Dropbox has upgraded their encryption in the last few years to the point where it's at the same business grade as most of these other services. So Dropbox, ShareFile, Box.com, like... All of these have business services that carry end-to-end encryption, just like anybody else. Now, that's for that's for transferring files, not running your entire document them. management system. No, that's true. But there are like solos that that use Dropbox essentially as a document. They encrypt everything. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. And you know you can encrypt. Well, so that, I think that's one of the requirements. Yeah, you know, to have to be able Se- to access secure you know, com- secure communications. Um, you know, there are apps that allow you to do a cellular telephone, you know, um, secure even over the internet video, uh, communications with clients. If, if you're inclined to do that, I still find that awkward. I know FaceTime's getting more ubiquitous, but like when I'm out of the office and my kids call me and want to chat, like for the first maybe 10 or 15 seconds, it's kind of, it's still kind of weird to me. I don't know if it's just cause I grew up. In an era when that was a sci-fi movie thing that you would have a video phone or whatever. But like in Back to the Future, the second one, where they go and there's a video phone. Anyway. So speaking of video phones, let's move on to another subject. Your secretary, your paralegal. Um, I know you may not use them a lot, mostly because they won't use you. But I have a very busy secretary and a very busy paralegal. Mm -hmm. I keep them just stacked with stuff. And I rely on them a lot when I work remotely to handle certain things and to get things filed and to deal with things. Um, do you have them come into the office or do you stick them remotely as well? I mean, I think you're asking me. I think you could do either. I mean, I think it is, if you are going to maintain a brick and mortar location, you you do need to have somebody physically there if you are going to because somebody's got to answer the phone. Now, I, you know rely heavily on my staff to be able to you know manage that and a lot you're right a lot of the stuff that I do wouldn't work as well um, with without that now that said if I set up an operation where all my clients knew you know that I was working remotely most of the time I don't think 
it would be as much of an issue because the client would say, hey, you know, I need to meet you. And I would either send them to the area where the secretary or paralegal was working remotely or I would go and meet them somewhere myself. But, um, you know, if you, I think, yeah, you've got to depend. If you've got a brick and mortar location and you've got like the half and half situation where some people in the office are, you know, 70, 30 or whatever are working remotely and some are not. I can't remember which firm it was in town, but there was a big firm. Like ours. I don't remember which one <laughs> I want to say, but they actually put restrictions on their Citrix account when they instituted it because... Too many like, people work from home. Yeah, they were like half, like right after they put it up, Man, it was brand great. new and like um, half the firm would be gone. And they were like freaking out that um, it was what? Nothing. Oh wait, I think I know who <laughs> I mentioned no firm. Okay. So anyway. one thing one thing you can't really have be remote is something like central services, right? When you say central services, what do you mean? Scott knows what I mean. Um, is this some sort of inside snow crystal? That's, that's what we call it. We have, an in, yeah, printing, have a copy center, basically. Mailing. I mean, we have a postage machine. Do you give every secretary? You can call it the mail room. Maybe some people call it the mail room, but it's kind of like a Kinko's and mail room mall. Right. That, it's a FedEx that, Kinko's. Bless your hearts. You know. You don't think you can do some, that online? You don't think you can send mail online? They have this device. Oh my goodness gracious! Here goes I mean, they put an the E tangent. in front of it, and then it's a. Big funny. What about when you're printing the, the, the appellate briefs to take a, for the Court of Appeals and the Supreme Court? They have this other amazing invention. It's called. It's called Call FedEx Kinko's. Somebody. Oh, exactly. or, is that or, more cost or effective? Legal. Is that in more fact, cost effective it, than having central service? I, it yeah, seems like there's no is. way that then it is. Then housing an entire department to do it Gabe yourself? Gabe has seen our financials. I'm is sure it, he has made it, a determination is it, as to Is it more cost efficiency. effective for you to have an entire burger joint no, at, your, at your thing? Or is it more cost effective for you to go to McDonald's? Are you talking about the burger? The burger floor? That, just, that, that's central catering. For, yeah, that's, that's central catering. Okay, this is what happens. When you have an economy of scale like our firm, yeah, apparently, you've got to provide Apparently, for this, is, this is amazing. But, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, specialized <laughs> services like that. That's why okay, firms so, like Salt Lake Legal. So what would I do then when I wanted my brief printed? I would... You would call Salt Lake Legal, say, I'm sending you this. It needs to be to these specifications. No, when I, In fact, most, most, uh, most firms that do appeals do that. I mean, a lot of firms rely entirely on outside printing services to prepare things like appellate briefs. Anyway, you need that capability. And you, you I, I can tell you right now, capability exists. given, given that our firm has existed for like 80 years without it, you do not need a central department that handles really? printing really? and copying. I've never worked anywhere exist. other than the firm that I'm currently at. Well, you <laughs> should be like... That was sarcasm. But let's so be nice. honest then. I mean, let's not lie to the listeners there. If you think it's absolutely necessary, I never then said you worked at a place that didn't I have never it. said it was. This is Gabe again, misinterpreting. Like, I mean, the bullshit meter is just going <laughs> nuts here. <laughs> Beep. All right, um... Okay, so one of the issues that came to my mind with regard to having a secretary of paralegal at the brick-and-mortar shop was just sometimes I feel like I get a little bit of resentment when I'm, you know, <laughs> telling them X, Y, and Z that they need to do and they realize that, you know, I'm, I'm wearing flip-flops in a kitchen somewhere as I, as I give them marching orders and they're dressed in business casual at our firm downtown. So I... I well, I, mean, I, think, oh, I think with that, too, is there a different expectation for young associates than there is for older associates or shareholders working remotely, um, partly because when you're brand new at the firm, you need that opportunity to meet people, develop a working relationship, uh, unless your firm automatically designates you into a certain practice area. But you have to build those relationships, build your reputation, and make sure that you're, you're getting work from people. So is there a different standard based on where you are in your career of whether it's a smart move for you well, or not. And then do you create this hierarchy where some people are allowed to work remotely and others are expected to be I think, kind of maintaining I think if shop? you, I think it's, I mean, there's no question that it's, that with the exception of those few firms where everybody is remote is obviously culture dependent. I mean, if you are at a place where the only way you're ever going to make partner is to make the rounds and suck up to people every you know every so often then then yeah i mean there was one attorney at our office who is no longer there and i won't say who it is but somebody once told me this was years ago like 
they said at the time it had been like a year that where I had gotten into this kick of getting up really early and coming into the office like at five or six o'clock in the morning and leaving by like five, five, four or five o'clock in the afternoon because I was done. And um, this other attorney told me like, well, so-and-so only um, bases his determination on how hard you work. He doesn't even look at the hours reports because he doesn't know how to pull them up because <laughs> he's older. But like, so what you should do is a couple of times a week, just come in here at like seven and walk around the circle of the thing and say hi to this person. And then they'll, then they'll see you and they'll realize that you're working hard. I mean, or, yeah, or there's your car in the garage and uh, you know, yeah. very visible spots. So I mean, they, there's like, like George Costanza. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, that's, uh, it, it's bullshit, but it is a real type of bullshit. I mean, I it's something to the children listening. If you're, if you're in a, I don't even think that term gives us an explicit tag on this. Maybe it does, but like, he I th- poop. I think, um, you know, yeah, yeah. You've to a certain extent at firms, you've got to kowtow to whatever the culture is. But like that doesn't mean the culture has to stay that way. I mean, there are tons of things we could say that are really negative about a firm's culture. That you know, should we just bow down to it and say that's what the culture is, and I want to get ahead, so I'm going to do that? Or should we strive for better long-term outcomes by saying, hey? Firm, let me show you how I can work from home two days a week and be more productive than the people who are in the office. I, I don't know. I don't think you take that risk if you're an associate. You you buckle down. You be. I think it depends on where Johnny you are. or Jane on the spot, and you you. I think I think it depends it on where you are because I think there are some firms out there that will, you know, and some partners out there that will recognize the initiative involved in that and be willing to try it. <laughs> to all you associates listening, I don't think you roll the dice on that one. <laughs> Um, last thing that we have to talk about today, uh, per my agenda, is personal benefits. What, what are the benefits to this? I mean, we've talked about a couple of the you know, flexibility, blah, 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 but have we covered all the benefits? Are there other benefits no. that we're not bringing up? I think, I think there are other benefits. Um, I, I read you know, a couple where they talked about people who had made this this whole lifestyle. Um, one place called it like distributed living. Where, you know, the guy um, was working, like instead of having a house in one city, he would rent places in different parts of the world in different times of the year. And his practice was already mostly online anyway. And so he could live in all these different places. I know of attorneys in town that, I mean, they don't engage in this all the way but like one of my attorney friends his wife and um some of his is his friends and their kids they'll go and rent a house somewhere in latin america because they're trying to rent, teach the kids spanish right it's spanish and um they'll be there the whole summer and he's there you know every other weekend or every couple of weeks and i've always thought to myself when we're looking at this like what if he airbnb'd his house for the summer or just rented it out for the summer and went down there and just said, I'll fly back if I have hearings, but... Um, Jeez, that is going to be a lot of airline miles. Well, it depends on... Depends how on busy how, is this guy? depends on how busy your summer is. Oh, and if you yeah. have an, and if you're a senior partner and you have a bunch of associates that are working on a lot of your matters, it may actually not be very... I mean, I there's one attorney who was at our firm who would every summer take off for a month and a half to two months to be on his houseboat in Lake Powell, which had the... The added joy, of, he's almost entirely, he was almost entirely unreachable. There's like one area on the lake that his cell phone would get service and he would call in when he got to that area and you could barely hear him. Man, if I'm his client, I'm not happy with that. But the thing is, the client would never see it because he would have Except when, me, he, when he can't reach him. He would have me, but the, he would have me handling the matter in the first place. So the client's calling me and I'm I'm reaching out to him when, when there's a decision that requires his input, but... Otherwise, I'm operating pretty independently. I had three or four exigent client issues come up today, totally separate from that meeting I had with the associate on another case. And man, I mean, I, this is the reason why. But how many? Call me. So you're you're an expert in surety law. I'm willing to to concede that here. How many experts in surety law do you guys have? At our firm? Yeah. 
that you would that you would trust to take over for you in the event a bus untimely hits you in the face. Can I take the fifth on that one? No, I mean I, I don't think anybody. Will, I don't think it'll hold, anybody will hold it against you because you got a you've got a certain uh, level of expertise. Well, you got a niche. Uh, yeah, you've got people maybe that are learning or that are close or that that's not their whole practice area. Well, in in a lot of practice areas like plaintiffs' personal injury litigation. Yeah, there and are, any dummy can do that stuff. There are no, but there are like <laughs> any dummy. There are like eight of us. There are like eight <laughs> of us in the firm who could who were handling our own matters of various levels of complexity, and so you could say, "Hey, can you be? Can you run point for me on this case?" Well, I think we're getting a feel, but I understand what you're saying. I think the issue right now is, and I think it's well taken. Um, the personal benefit is your ability to just do, do things that you couldn't otherwise do, but for this working remotely capability yeah the closest i've ever come is one time wendy and i had the opportunity to go with her her folks they had gotten a a beach house and on in laie on oahu and i had they had it for like two and a half weeks and the question was well how long can you be away from work and and be there and i said well if you're okay with me working three or four hours a day then we can go for the whole time if you want me to be totally separate from work than maybe a week. Well, and, and she said, yeah, I'd rather stay the whole time. And we went, and I can tell you, almost no one had any, any idea. It. I mean, it's not like we I hid it from them, but nobody asked. Well, that's my point. I think that one of the great benefits um, that I can see with, with this working remotely issue is you take a situation where historically 10, 15 years ago, you're going to lose business. You're going to lose clients potentially if you're gone for a two-week, one-month period. Whereas now, because you can do that three or four hours, you can foreseeably take a month-long, I, I won't call it a sabbatical, but darn close. Mm-hmm. And attorneys in the past, you couldn't, if you're a litigator, you could not take a sabbatical because you're going to lose part of your practice unless you've got someone who you trust uh, implicitly, implicitly to, to just basically handle everything while you're yeah. And I, I think that's a boon. I mean, this year... Uh, we, I was out of the office for nearly three weeks straight. I was in Europe for two and then in San Diego for the bar convention for another. And I put out a number of fires remotely, being able to access the documents, being able to talk to the client and, and see what the client's Did talking about. Did the clients about. show up at your office unannounced to me? No, no, no. Well, I, I, I prepared my big clients um, for the fact that I was going to be out of the office, and I did have a number of issues that had to be handled by the associate face-to-face. But overall, I was able to do it, and I think the reason I was able to do it is because of all these you know, work-remotely tools. And also, I think, due in large part to the perception shifting to allow for that. They, they felt like I was still there for them, even though I was, you know, 6,000 miles away. Yeah, I mean, there was a tech CEO I read an article by, and I'm going to get who it was wrong. I think it was the CEO of WordPress, but it could have been somebody else, who basically said he does not live in one single place, but just has a whole bunch of different places and moves from place to place and runs his company entirely remotely and carries everything he needs in a backpack. So, Danny, what are you thinking? Gabby and I have argued back and forth. Benefits, do you work remotely very much? I don't, because I'm terrible at it. Well, you also... You know, ladies and gentlemen, Denny basically lives next door to the firm, so there's not a whole lot of there's not a whole lot of need for her to to be working remotely. She rolls out of bed, brushes her teeth, and then walks out the door and into the yard. I love how he has an idea of what your mornings look like. That's almost that's exactly, exactly. Isn't that kind of creepy though? <laughs> but Powers is imagining you waking up in the morning like he's dead on. Though. Okay, we we, we have definitely got a feel. Gabe is uh, is putting himself into my shoes. He's like from my binoculars, I can see he, the he's, shoes. He's hearing what he wants to hear. So I don't personally work remotely very often. I would need to completely changed the setup I have. I, I really like having my dual screen, my dual monitors at work, and I just find I'm a lot more productive there than on my, my little MacBook that's very tiny and um, sometimes more difficult. You can't split screens as nicely. So, um, But I saw that health, like physical health and fitness is one of the benefits of working remotely. And I'm not sure if people have more time for exercise or... They eat better when they're not at the office and going out to eat so often, but I was somewhat surprised by that. Um, I think commute would be a factor. Like, I mean, that is a huge thing for me. Realistically, if you were living, you know, in a major city, you know, like let's see, like Washington D.C., and you're an associate at a firm, if you had the option to work 
remotely, you might save yourself three hours yeah. of time a day, a day that otherwise would be almost completely wasted because it, sitting you know, in the car on a train, sitting in a car, sitting in a train that, you know, they always tell you, oh, they have Wi-Fi, you can get work done. But reality is what you're working on is confidential and you have to worry about who else is there and, you know, and it gets loud and people get motion sickness. Like automatically, even if you did have those in that circumstance, and if you live even in Salt Lake, if you lived like in South Jordan or whatever, or, or Lehigh, by working remotely, even if you weren't quite as productive, you would automatically have like an extra two, three hours a well, day. And, and that's, one of the re- that's one of the reasons why I'm actually you know, doing more of that when I can. Um, Admitting it's a first step. Well, no, no, but, but it, 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 it allows me to save an hour every day because yeah. it's half an hour. Well, it's 20 some on minutes, but depending on traffic can be up to a half an hour and then 20 some on minutes up to a half an hour on the way back. And that's an aggregate of an hour. And if you did that over the course of just a few times a week over a year, you're saving huge number of hours. If you build that, you're making that much more money. If you don't, you've got that much more time with your family and in your personal interests. So, I think that, by and large, is the biggest, I don't know, benefit that I can see from my perspective. And if you, like you said, if you're living in a big city, wow, yeah, the aggregate cost savings mm-hmm. uh, just in in quality of life would be. I mean, I think in certain circumstances it doesn't make sense, but I think and I think it is something that we're going to see a lot more of the future, just because you save, you can if you save do it, right, and save, you save the environment, save money, you save. All of those things, you save a lot of time. Pollution. You know, which... Gabe touched on this earlier, but I think it is a really good way to attract and retain more female attorneys. Um, I was reading the statistics, and one article said that 42% of female attorneys will leave the practice for at least some period during their career. And the ABA Journal published um, a list of the top 50 best firms for uh, for working moms, and 62% of those offered full-time telecommuting. So I think that was a really big factor in what makes firms more attractive for women, um, but at the same time making it a gender-neutral gender thing so that telecommuting becomes kind of standardized and it's not a women women's issue or stigmatized in any way and making it just more commonplace for everybody. Well, and I think if you tie it, I mean, if the firm can tie it to... Um, to overall cost savings and productivity. I mean, doing things like saying, look, if you're going to telecommute, you know, we're going to split offices or we're going to do whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, helps to do that. But It definitely seems like there's a trend that direction. Or, oh, yeah, it's or, a great way to foster diversity. You know, we've got some friends who will go nameless that have really suffered with that in their career, I think, because they, you know, female friends who want to be there with, with newly born children and, their their firms have yeah not, not been as facilitating along those lines. Well, and they, they've they said, and I, I remember one of them, those friends has said, you know, hey, I'm willing to bill eight ten hours a day, but I may be I may have to start at you know noon and finish at ten o'clock at night, and that's fine. Like I can do that, but I, if that's stigmatized in the office, then you know that that becomes a problem. Everybody's like, why aren't you here at eight o'clock in the morning? Yeah, that's a huge benefit of the telecommuting, I think. So, to wrap up, powers, telecommuting, plus or minus for the legal community? Oh, well, I, I think it's a net plus, and I think with, with perceptions changing and more flexibility, uh, it's a good thing. But I think that at the same time, there will always be a place for um, that you know, that, that in-person collaboration, that, that brick-and-mortar location. I think of it as like the fax machine effect. Like... The fax machines are like almost 30-year-old technology now, but law firms can't seem to get rid of them because there are some particular types of companies that will only fax you documents. Even though it's like <laughs> the equivalent of sending it over on a dinosaur, like they they won't. And I think that the, the, with the trend, like the downsides that you're talking about come from this like, you know, impression that will never die that for some reason even when it doesn't matter where you are to do your work, it matters where you are to do your work. Yeah. Uh, Danny, your thoughts. You close this out. Close it out. Oh, no. Well, I feel like you just made it real controversial. <laughs> um, but I, 
I th- I agree with Scott. I think it's um, a plus that as more and more people do it, there will be better methods of doing it. It'll be more well accepted. Won't be as um, have a negative perception by clients and others. But I, personally, I still much prefer to be in the office, and I don't see any time in the near future when I'm going to change that. All right. Okay. So thanks for listening, everybody. And cut. The equivalent of a fax machine. <laughs> well, don't you think? No. I mean, <laughs> no. The the idea that you have to be because there at are... your office to work to while you're working, regardless of what you're doing, like that's that is factually provably false. I mean, you could disappear. You could go to Hawaii for two yeah. weeks, and and as long as you had no hearings or oh, meetings, I lost. No one would know. That you no, were, that, that is that, untrue. Like you, you do can not, arrange it so no one no, knows. Sean has pretty much told me because Deb's been working from home a lot, and he's like ranted about it, and he's like, "I'm almost done working with her." This has been another episode of the Trial Lawyer Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please tune in next week. Our topic will be greatest legal movies and TV shows of all time. So we hope you enjoy it, and thanks again for listening. Mm-hmm.